Uh, it's a real pleasure to speak to you tonight. It's the first time I've been able to come to City Sanctum. Um, so I'm really glad to kind of see the ministry. It's a ministry I pray for quite a bit. And I'm really excited about what the Lord's doing and gathering workers to think about things together. And so they asked me to speak about making or breaking the Sabbath. Uh, if you have your Bible or your Bible on your phone, I want to invite you to look at a passage with me uh, in the book of Isaiah. Um, Isaiah chapter 58, verse 13 and 14. It's going to be kind of our main text. Um, we'll read it in just a second. Now, before I came to Sydney, um, I didn't come directly from the United States. In 2010, my wife and at the time just two kids uh, moved to South India to a city about twice the size of Sydney, Bangalore, India, about 10 million people. And uh, moving from the nicest part of the United States, that's where I lived, I lived in the wealthiest part of the United States per capita, um, to South India, a developing country, uh, a large city that has exploded and the infrastructure has not been kept up. It was quite a culture shock. Uh, there's trash everywhere in the streets. There's, there's d wild dogs, there's cows, there's everything. It's just a chaotic, chaotic place. And uh, so when we first moved there, um, the team, my team leader, my boss, if you will, he gave us a, uh, an orientation, uh, things we had to do and experience to try to get over the culture shock and learn to live in a very different place. Uh, the hardest thing he gave me to do was he said I couldn't do any ministry for six months. He said, you need six months to, just to learn how to live here, learn how to get food, how to take care of your family. And for 14 years since I'd been a Christian, at the time I was 33, for 14 years, my greatest joy has been doing ministry. And most from the time I was converted to Christ, I loved reading the Bible, talking to non-Christians about the Bible, doing Bible studies. So I'd never probably had more than a week or two in 14 years where I wasn't working, if you will, in that sense, in the work of ministry. Uh, just a real joy of mine. And I thought, this is going to be hard. Uh, I don't know anything different almost as a Christian. And so I did what my boss told me to do, uh, learned to adjust to taking three or four times as long to do everything to take care of our family, uh, learning how to navigate around the city, riding auto rickshaws, uh, learned how to navigate having power outages six or seven times a day, an hour each. Uh, just really, really different from what we were used to. Uh, but the Lord was gracious, and it was a good time. We ended up being there for six years. We wanted to be there our whole life. Um, and I look back over six years and I think about that we had a very fruitful time there. Uh, we started a business. Uh, we had to because we couldn't be openly pastors or missionaries. So we started a business development center to train small to medium-sized entrepreneurs. And a great way to help with the poverty of India, the business culture, rooted in Christian worldview. And uh, it was great. Um, I pastored a church, planted a church, trained Indian pastors who didn't have education. And I look back and I, I see that we had a very fruitful time for six years. Um, our family learned to live there and to thrive. And I realized that even though it was really hard for me to not do ministry for six months, one of the key things that helped us to thrive and have a fruitful ministry there was that initial six months of not doing ministry, of taking a break from work, if you will, and just learning how to live there. Now, in my own wisdom, I would not have done that. It was hard for me. But I look back and I think I'm glad I had a boss who was wiser than me who made me do what I needed to do so that I could thrive in my vocation. And the same is true of us. Sometimes we need someone wiser than us uh, who is able to tell us what we need to do so that we can thrive. And that's especially true when it comes to this idea of Sabbath, the Sabbath command to take one day out of seven and to rest from our labors physically, but also to find spiritual rest and refreshment in the Lord. And that's what I wanna to speak to you about tonight. Um, we live in a place that we take work seriously sometimes, but we take our play very seriously. Our play almost becomes like work on the weekends and on our holidays. 
And yet we still sometimes don't get the idea of what God calls us to in the Sabbath. And so I want to look at a text with you from the Old Testament that helps you to see the glory and the blessing of fulfilling your Savior's design for you to experience spiritual and physical rest every week. So I'm going to read Isaiah 58, 13 to 14. Um, This is actually a rebuke. This is written about 750 years before Jesus came um, to God's people who are not observing Sabbath. And the prophet says this, he says, If you turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, and the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it, not going your own ways, or seeking your own pleasure, or talking idly, then you shall take delight in the Lord, and I will make you ride on the heights of the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken." So I want to draw out two things from this passage for us to meditate on and think about this idea of making or breaking the Sabbath. And the first thing I want us to think about is the the deepest purpose of Sabbath. Why do we rest from our labors and normal recreations? It's for the purpose of worship. So we'll talk about Sabbath and the purpose of worship on the Sabbath. And then secondly, I I want you to see the connection to how keeping Sabbath helps you to find deep, deep delight in your Creator and Redeemer. That it's one of the keys to living a joyful Christian life. So we'll talk about those two ideas. Um, If you're not a Christian here tonight, the idea and even the language of Sabbath may be new to you. You may think, what in the world is Sabbath? It simply means rest, but it refers to a commanded rest that we're supposed to take uh, that God gave us, and it's the idea of resting every seventh day to turn our attention to the Lord, to worship our Creator, uh, to delight in Him. It's rooted in the Ten Commandments. Most of you, even if you're not a Christian, have probably heard of the Ten Commandments. Uh, The Ten Commandments were God's law revealed to his already saved people to show them how to live as his free people. And so he showed them, what is your duty towards me? What is your duty towards mankind? And in the first four of the commandments, the first commandment is, you shall have no other gods before me. That talks about who we worship, the God who delivered them out of Israel, now the God who revealed himself in Jesus Christ. Um, Second commandment dealt with how we worship God. He said not to make idols. So we have to look at God's word and see how he wants us to worship him. Third commandment was this, it was to not take the Lord's name in vain, the manner of our worship. We always treat God's name with respect, we honor him, we don't treat him lightly. And then we get to the fourth command, which I want to read you tonight, which talks about the time of worship. How often do we take time to worship? What, how is that to be a priority of our life? And I want to read to you from Exodus, Exodus chapter 20, this fourth commandment, that talks about the time of worship. You can turn there if you'd like, Exodus 20, verse 8 to 11. The Lord told his people this, their duty to him. He said, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who's within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the, sab- the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and he made it holy. Now, when we get to our Isaiah passage, it's clear that they were not obeying that command, right? They were going their own way, going their own pleasure, and so God rebukes them for going their own way and failing to keep Sabbath. Now, the reason Sabbath was so important is because it's rooted in the very character and the nature of God. I don't know if you picked that up when I read Exodus 28 to 11. The rationale 
for keeping the Sabbath is because God is a God who productively creates and works, and then he rests. The creation week, the, the creation week is pictured that way. We made as his image bearers. He's saying, this is one of the ways you image me. I am a working God who takes time to rest and delight in what I've done, to delight in myself. And as image bearers, we're called to that same rhythm of life, a, a rhythm of working and being productive like our creator is productive, and then also taking time to rest and reflect on how good God is, how he's worthy of our worship, and how glorious he is. And this is the rhythm that is supposed to mark your life as an image bearer of God, as a way you reflect your creator. Now, from the beginning of creation until Jesus came, that time of Sabbath was the last day of the week. You worked for six days, the seventh day was a rest, our Saturday, if you will. But everything changed when Jesus came on the scene, because Jesus was the promised redeemer of God's people. And the Bible pictures Jesus' work of redemption as a work of new creation. Jesus coming, obeying the law of God, Jesus dying on the cross in the place of sinners, Jesus raising powerfully from the dead, was to reconcile us to God, but it was also to redeem our bodies, and it was to redeem our world. And the Bible pictures this as a new creation, a new creation in which we find rest. And so the day changes when Jesus comes, because the Bible helps us to understand that the Sabbath points us toward the rest that we can only find through having a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Hebrews 4 said, those who have trusted in Christ for their salvation find rest, true rest. One of the great invitations Jesus gave in Matthew eleven twenty eight: come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Talking about spiritual rest. And so because our rest is found in Jesus Christ and because Jesus completes his work of new creation by his resurrection on Sunday, the church began to observe the Sabbath on Sunday instead of Saturday. On the first day of the week, God has provided rest as a gift. And we see in the early church, that's when they gathered for worship. That's when they applied this Sabbath command to stop from their work and to gather together in worship. And it's important to notice that it's not just a mere physical rest. There is a physical resting component to the Sabbath. But when you look at our Isaiah passage, you see if you look at verse 13 and 14, that it's a holy day. He says, don't do pleasure on my holy day. Call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord. It's a, a day that's set apart for the Lord. It's a day that's Godward focused, a day that's meant to be focused on God publicly in corporate worship and privately in our own thoughts and reflections and meditations. And so it's important to remember that Sabbath does include a physical rest, but the whole purpose of physical rest is a resting unto something. You rest from your labors and you rest from your um, recreation so that you can find your spiritual rest in God. We're good. So we need to move somewhere? All right, come in here.
Got everybody in here? Yep. One sec. So it's important to understand that the purpose of the Sabbath is a day of worship, a day of resting from other things, even recreation, so that we can give our attention to God in public worship. As you see the Sabbath spelled on the Old Testament, that was one of the main activities of the day was gathering together with the people of God for worship. Um, and sometimes Christians will debate what you can and can't do in light of the fourth commandment. Uh, some people say it's just about public worship. Others say, no, the whole day needs to be set apart. And we can wrangle about what you can and can't do in obeying the fourth commandment, but I hope you won't miss the main principle of the fourth commandment, which is resting from work, resting from recreations, to have a time so that you can come together for public worship. So you can give praise to God, hear his word, hear the gospel preached, fellowship with other people. And this is valid on the days that you are on holiday, just as it is on the days you work. It is your duty. It is a command of scripture. It's not optional. Uh, This is a command of how you're called to image God, and we're redeemed so that we can honor God. And so if you're in Sydney and work a day, you need to make sure, if you're a Christian, that you gather with God's people for worship. And when you travel, one of the priorities of your holiday planning is to make sure you can find a Bible-believing, gospel-preaching church that you can worship with, at minimum, uh, in keeping the fourth commandment. Now, if you're not a Christian here today, and you're thinking, well, thankfully the Sabbath doesn't have anything to do with me, I'm not a Christian, I would still remind you that actually the Sabbath is your duty because you're an image bearer of God and you're called to image him forth. And looking at the Sabbath actually shows you why you need the good news of the gospel, the good news that Christ came to save sinners, the good news that through Christ's death, through his resurrection, men and women can be restored to relationship with God through faith in Christ. Because the Sabbath reminds you that God is to be a priority of every week. A lot of people think, oh, I'm okay with God because I don't hate him. I'm not an atheist. You know, I don't speak bad things about God. Me and God are cool. We're okay. But the Sabbath reminds us, is worshiping God the priority of your life? Because it's not just about being cool with God. It's it's a call to love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. It's a call to, every week, stop what we're doing and to gather for Sabbath day worship, for Lord's day worship. And so if you're not a Christian, the Sabbath really exposes your need for the gospel. And I hope will encourage you to see how much you need the good news of Jesus Christ that we're especially celebrating in the Christmas season. And so the Sabbath is for the worship of God. Let me briefly just finish the second point too. You see, the good news about the Sabbath command is that what's for God's glory is also for our deepest joy. And so I want to talk to you briefly about how the the Sabbath helps us delight in the God who made us and who redeemed us. I don't know if you noticed in the text when he rebuked his people, he didn't just say, observe the Sabbath. He didn't just say, hey, you make sure that you obey my commands, dang it. He said, I want you to call the Sabbath a delight. I want you to make it something you look forward to. I want you to make it something that you delight in, that it is your joy to observe, that it's a priority of your schedule and something you anticipate. What, what do we do when we delight in something? Think about the travel that you probably have planned for your summer break. Most of you have forced leave around Christmas time. Some of you have been planning for weeks or months what you're going to do in December or January. And it's not a burden for you, is it? You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, maybe a holiday, even just planning the holiday, thinking about getting away from work, going somewhere fun, going with your mates or your family. And it's a delight. You clear your schedule for that. Someone says, hey, do you want to get together? And say, no, I'm sorry, I'm on holiday. Or there's a, an, a, a um, 
project at work and they're like, hey, can you help with this? I'm like, well, I've already asked for leave during that time. You delight in that. And that's a picture of what the Lord is calling us to do in the Sabbath, to call the Sabbath a delight. It affects your calendar, your priorities. You delight in it. And it's interesting, I noticed when I became a Christian at 19, that was one of the first fruits of how my life changed. I grew up in a Christian home, and so I went to church because that's what people that are kind of Christian do. But it wasn't a delight, I just did it. Oftentimes I was doing very immoral things Saturday night, showing up to church on Sunday. But when I became a Christian, I couldn't get enough of going and being with God's people in worship, as much as I could. My parents were like, what happened to you? Why do you want to be at church all the time? It's never before. And it wasn't because I was necessarily obeying Isaiah 58 or the fourth commandment. It's just that I loved being with God's people. And it was a natural thing. And that's what the Lord wants us to cultivate as his people, that we delight to be with God's people. We delight to set apart our schedule and meditate on him. There's also another promise in this Isaiah passage. I know most of you don't have your Bibles out, but there's a promise of what he'll do in your life if you make this a priority. Verse 13 says that if you do this, if you call the Sabbath a delight, then in verse 14 he says something's going to happen. There's a then statement. So he says if you call the Sabbath a delight, then, verse 14, you shall take delight in the Lord. In other words, if you prioritize public worship on a weekly basis, and it's not something that just comes out of a burden, but a joyful obedience to what God calls you to do, it's going to have an effect that will reverberate through your week and through your life, it is that you will find your joy in the Lord. Your joy in God will deepen because you are setting apart the time of worship that he's called you to do and that you will find joy in him. Sorry, I lost my place here. So friends, I want to remind you that that is your purpose. You were made as an image bearer to know and enjoy God. Um, it's one of the blessings of being a Christian, yet even those of us who are Christians, I think this is a constant thing I talk with, with Christians, they struggle to find their joy in God. And one of the things that the Lord is calling us and promising us is that if we prioritize keeping Sabbath, it'll go a long way towards us finding joy in the Lord on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. That when we're able to prioritize and look forward to and, and gather and appreciate what a feast and joy it is to delight in God on the Lord's Day, it has a reverberation throughout our work week and what we do so that we find delight in the Lord, not just on Sunday, but throughout what we do, so that we can indeed do our work for the Lord and out of the joy of the Lord and out of the worship, something I'll talk about quite a bit here. So friends, the good news here is that what God commands you to do his duty for you, where His glory is upheld. It is also the very thing that's best for you. It helps you experience what you were made for, which is to know and enjoy and delight in God. Let me close with an illustration. I have four kids, and my second oldest is a boy named Josiah who just turned nine. And Josiah, I've told people I want to freeze this time in his life because for now, Josiah's favorite thing in life is to spend time with me. And I know my duty as a dad to be a good dad is to spend time with him. Uh, the, the thing that's so wonderful is that my son, Josiah, loves everything that I love. He loves to watch NFL football, gridiron. He loves to throw the football every day. We take our dog for a walk and he runs for passes and I throw him the football. He loves to fish and hike like I love to fish and hike. He loves to read and play cards like I love to read and play cards. And so it is so easy for me to obey my duty to spend time with my son because it's, it, it's the very things I enjoy doing. You see that my duty and my 
joy are bound up in the same thing. And what the Lord does when we know Christ and when we give ourselves to his law for how we're supposed to live as Christians, when we observe Sabbath, our duty to glorify God and worship him each week is actually for our greatest joy and good because we find our deep delight in the Lord. And so I want to encourage you every week and especially on holiday, don't neglect your duty to image forth God, to enjoy God in worship by keeping Sabbath. And uh, I hope that through all the rain and mess and and the distraction that you'll be encouraged to do that and to consider this text and think about it. So that's all I have. Thank you.